Welcome to another Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking about microtransactions. We're going to be talking about Twitch rivals, as well as my thoughts on the current gold economy for Sea of Thieves. All that and more in this week's episode of Keel Hall Podcast. First up on today's docket, let's talk about the dev update video that we got on July 23rd. As every week goes on, we always get these weekly updates and they always help keep us informed and up to date about what's going on. I take that and like to kind of dig into it, kind of chew on it a little bit and kind of speculate on what the few words they give us every week are going to mean for the future of the game. And this week I think is one of the more important weeks and oddly enough, it probably Probably contains some of the most uh, data or information that's technically considered under NDA right now than ever before. Uh, we've heard in the past from Joe in these update videos that they want to have us jump into the insider builds to be able to test out different features, whether it's things with arena or things with pets, things like that, where they can really kind of make sure that, that the bugs are getting worked out so that when it does go live, that we have a good understanding of uh, what to expect in the live client this week uh with the with with the weekly update i'm going to be covering specifically what he talks about not necessarily what i experienced in the insider build uh if you are interested in this you can always go to seeathieves.com in there there's a community tab and uh on that community tab if you go into the insider section you can actually find out more uh sign up and download the client the client's going to be available to anyone it doesn't matter who you are you can always link your account or sign up for an account on sea of thieves with your microsoft account get that all worked out and then that way you can actually go into the insiders and start testing different things now obviously for any of you that have already been doing this you already know everything is con considered under the non-disclosure agreement so everything that i'm going to be talking about right now is all stuff that joe has mentioned in the video i'm not going to dig into my thoughts uh, because everything is subject to change and because of that i want to make sure that i don't give any kind of false uh, understanding of how things are doing or what i think of them that's all going to be uh, coming out when they actually release this content for us uh, on the live client so pets are coming pets are coming to the insider they're going to be the first thing to come to the insider and we're going to be working on uh testing that out see how we like it giving some feedback uh giving some bug reports all of the stuff that that should be going to the sea of thieves insider forums uh just a quick note by the way if you guys are in the discord and you're looking for uh places to talk about the insider i really don't don't have a place for that i've got a place that's specifically for people that want to uh, look for each other to, to play with in the insider build and there's a spoiler section for stuff that we see out in the community but not from the actual insider build so where should you be talking about this well with your crew on your ship in the insider build or on the official sea of thieves forums it's hard for me to 
talk about that kind of stuff without worrying about breaking the nda but um you know if if i if that happens at least <laughs> at least i know that i'm only going to be kicked out of the uh, the nda but hopefully that's something that doesn't ever happen so getting back to pets pets are now going to be in the insiders uh this is this is kind of cool because uh it's our first glimpse at microtransactions without actually buying them and when when i think about microtransactions i typically think of knowing exactly what you're going to get when it goes live and not something that you can actually test and help kind of shape how those turn out uh, that's something that is is totally up to us in this instance where if you go into the insiders build you uh, test out the different pets and then you give your feedback on the forums you can actually help decide how well these are doing if they're holding up to what you would expect for a pet now, bear in mind, this is something that they've been working on for a long time, and they probably want to actually get these out into the into the game so that people can actually get them. And, you know, I'm sure they'll probably do some bug fixes and iterations on them after people have purchased them uh, just to make sure that things are working properly. That being said with uh the testing go in try try it out see what you think see if you see if you like it if you don't like it if you do like it or you don't make sure you always give that feedback uh and wait until later on uh because that's not the only thing that joe talked about that is coming with microtransactions now we we knew that microtransactions were going to come a lot of us have wanted them because a lot of us are very happy with the way the game is and have wanted to help support the studio who's being funded by microsoft right now to continuously put out free content for us now starting on a monthly basis with pets coming to insiders shortly after that they're going to start putting out additional emotes we didn't know uh, going into microtransactions that this was something that was going to be an option. Uh, we didn't actually know that emotes could be added. We've we've long since wanted emotes like a you know a, a laughing or a crying or a, a joyous one or an angry one. We've wanted kind of different emotions to use for emotes or like a proper salute and things like that are things that you're going to be able to do with the microtransactions. And it makes sense because those are things that don't really affect how players do uh, stuff in the world. And this kind of means a couple things. Uh, it it kind of means that the cursed cannonballs that we have right now are probably not going to ever change. Uh, they may change as far as duration, but as far as who, what they affect or what they do, it seems like the cursed cannonballs that we have will not be updated to reflect content that not everyone might have. Uh, now, that, that may not be the case for, say, like hitting a skeleton. A skeleton may start doing other emotes, but until we get an idea of what those emotes are, I can't imagine that any cursed cannonballs in the game would affect emotes that not everyone could have uh that being said is this something that i am interested in picking up well a lot of it kind of depends on what the emotes are uh if they're ones that i want and i could definitely see myself only picking up the ones that i want necessarily uh com compared to buying all of the pets um we don't know what pets are coming outside of the parrot that was mentioned uh but if you go onto the insiders build you can get an idea and there was something else too 
Joe actually went in and started talking about cosmetics for uh, ships and stuff. Um, and, he, and he talked about stuff that was kind of like what they did earlier on in last year that revolved around kind of honoring or celebrating past games or characters. And this is something that started a year ago with the bird and the bear figurehead, something that only lasted a couple weeks. And it was, um, gosh, how much was it? I can't quite remember how much it was. I think it was the the amount of gold was the same as the year that it was released. So I, I want to say that it was like 1997, like 1,997 gold. It was something like that. It, it, you'll have to forgive me. It was a year ago when I bought it. And that was available, I think, for two to four four weeks. Um, and, and I think at the end of July is when they when they stopped it. And then shortly later on at Gamescom, we found out, or was it Gamescom? Oof, now I'm starting to try and remember. I think it was Gamescom or Comic-Con that they released the Huntress figurehead. Anyway, I'm, I'm trying to focus too much on details. We got the perfect dark figurehead, the Huntress. And then later on, I believe at New York Comic-Con, you could buy the uh, a merchandise from the store, or if you were at New York Comic-Con, you could pick up a spinal figurehead from the Killer Instinct. Joe mentions, uh, the reason I'm bringing it up to get back to it is Joe mentions that we're getting cosmetic sets to celebrate past games. And when I jumped online today, as I was putting together the show notes, I started to think about some of the different games that Rare has made that might be good uh, opportunities for them to give us figureheads like this. Now, we already have a couple of things that Rare has made for other games in Sea of Thieves, as far as like wall paintings or cave paintings, things like that. We have uh, Battle Toads, we have Viva Pinata, um, we've, we've already got the Halo liveries. So when I was thinking about some of the games that they could do, I was thinking uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day, and mostly because Conker's Bad Fur Day was one of my favorite N64 games. Uh, I played that to death, and in fact, the multiplayer with the teddy bears is still one of my fondest memories of that game, uh, especially when you had a little teddy and he had a sniper, and he's like, snipey sniper, you know, stuff like that. But uh, I'd love to see something uh, related to Conker's Bad Fur Day. It was a, a, a mature rated game that was still kind of fun and i remember when they were building it nintendo power constantly said it was going to be the new game from rare and then it took forever and then it came out and it was totally different it was totally far more edgier than what they were originally planning for that game and i'd love to see what they do uh if they were to bring that into sea of thieves as uh, liveries of some kind uh or even maybe just like some actual physical cosmetics for your pirate or weapons uh, I think that would be great. So, Conquer's Bad Fur Day is one of my one of my suggestions. Uh, I would love to see that. Um, Donkey Kong is tough, you know. Donkey Kong is that's kind of a hard ask because because uh, because we know like you know Microsoft's willing to give Nintendo um, Banjo Kazooie for Smash. Does it work the other way around? Does does uh, Donkey Kong get to come? into Sea of Thieves finally? Does, does Rare get to put some kind of monkey uh, love in the game so that we can actually, uh, you know, have, have some Donkey Kong reference? Um, that's, that's hard to know how that legal stuff works because I, I don't think that Donkey Kong, the, well, I don't know. I don't know all that legal stuff. I'm not a lawyer. And then the other one that I was thinking about was uh, Battletoads because we've got a Battletoads game coming soon. 
and uh, what better way to capitalize on cross promotion for that game than offering uh, microtransactions for Battletoad uh, kind of cosmetics for either your ship or for you that uh, are, are reminiscent of, of the old the old Battletoads game as well as this new relaunch of that title and just to kind of put my two thoughts or two two pieces of uh of, of thoughts into this or I, I don't know what i'm saying two cents just to kind of say my two cents i was looking at the old uh, Battletoads and the new Battletoads, and just personally i don't know that i am super into the graphic style that they went with for this Battletoads game but looking at the gameplay i actually was very very interested in kind of playing that old Battletoads dungeon or double dragon style kind of side scrolling uh knock em shooter kind of game you know I'm, I'm looking forward to something like that coming out i just don't know if i'm i'm 100 down with the actual graphics of it it looks it looks like they put a lot of work into it uh kind of like with cuphead where they they did a lot of animation by hand and put pieced it all together for the game but i just don't know if i'm, I'm down for that yet i i kind of want to play it first so those are kind of the three games that if I had my if I had my my druthers, I would love to have uh, uh, first Conquer's Bad Fur Day. I would love to have that. Then Donkey Kong, and then uh, I would I would be interested to see what comes out if they were to do something kind of with Battletoads as that as that release. And those are so far some of the some of the cosmetics uh, that we can expect with microtransactions. We still don't know when those are coming out. We don't know if they're going to be coming out soon or later. Depending on how the insider stuff goes, it's going to be hard to know. They've already postponed pets uh, past launch and then past the anniversary update. So I imagine they want to make sure this stuff comes gets gets done right. Uh, ship liveries and cosmetics are one thing, but when you're adding an additional element that has to be you know something that goes from you know ship to shore and and other people can interact with it 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 really does kind of uh make it hard to know like how how well that's going to interact with the world uh you know we've we've seen flying megalodons we've seen ships climb over uh islands you know we're we're very interesting pirates we can make just about whatever we want happen in the game and uh it doesn't take too much effort so adding another element like pets i can't I can't even imagine how hard that must be. So I'm interested to see where we kind of land on, on that front. Next up on today's docket, I did want to bring up something in regards to microtransactions that didn't actually pertain to what is going to be coming this is separate this is just an idea that i had and it's actually something that i've been wanting in the game for quite some time and you may be thinking well how long is quite some time february february 19th actually uh way back then i actually was uh talking with captain jay of the crow's nest uh youtube channel who, who still puts out content for sea of thieves and he had been uh in the works to actually get into the weekly stream that rare does to kind of showcase different content creators in the community so he he posed in his discord uh, that he wanted to know what people's questions for the devs could be so i responded and let him know that if he could ask the devs when microtransactions come out if it's possible to have some sort of charity uh organization oh just hit the mic there uh if if we can have some sort of charity organization 
kind of in in part with the like liveries and stuff i would love to see that uh and and one of the easiest ones one of the the ones that i think a lot of people can really kind of rally behind is uh breast cancer awareness in october that's one of the the biggest kind of charity events that goes on it's a month-long thing everyone really kind of helps kind of make sure that you bring awareness to getting checked and stuff like that uh one of my discord members his wife is actually suffering uh, from cancer, and it's 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 gut breaking or it's uh, it's heart wrenching, and uh, to 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 know that that they're having to go through that right now, and it really kind of pushed me to kind of bring this back up because back in February, uh, Captain Jay went on the onto the the weekly stream and asked Joe, asked Aaron and and Shelly and and John, you know, what do you think about microtransactions that portion of that supports charities while giving care or giving the pirates uh, uh some sort of themed set of cosmetics to kind of showcase like their support for that 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 charity this is something that's not new this, by the way this is not like some brilliant new idea that i had this is something that has been in tons and tons of games i've seen lots of microtransactions to help support different charities blizzard does it a lot with overwatch and wow especially when there's some sort of disaster relief thing that needs to get done a lot of uh, pet and stuff and mounts come out of uh, uh, efforts to make sure that they can try and raise money for charities. This is this is almost a no-brainer for Sea of Thieves because everything revolves around cosmetics. So uh, this this last week, I went on Twitter. I got a couple photos of, of a clean galleon and I did some quick uh, Photoshop work. It's not my greatest I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm, I'm not the best at Photoshop, but I, I spent a couple hours and I just wanted to kind of mock something up to get the idea out there. So I did some pink and white uh, livery sets for a galleon that had the breast cancer awareness ribbon on it. And I posed the question that with pets, with emotes, with with cosmetics, now is more than like now is a, a, it's a great time for us to see rare commit to doing charity cosmetics in the form of microtransactions i could definitely see a lot of people being uh being willing to support charities if they can get uh, specially themed cosmetics for their ships or for themselves to kind of show off you know their their appreciation for these charities doing the work that they do to try and help those that need it uh it doesn't have to just be something like breast cancer awareness there's tons and tons of different charities i could list them for days and I'm not saying that Rare has to do this, and I'm not saying that Rare should uh, should pick the one that I chose or any of the other ones that people have suggested. I'm just saying that this is an idea that I know Joe back in February said that the principle is sound and falls in line with the company's values. And I think now is a great time to kind of bring this back up. Make sure that we're bringing attention to the fact that if cosmetics are coming out if rare is going to ask for our money for stuff that uh that is just for this game give us an option that allows us to support different charities so that a portion of the proceeds goes to uh rare obviously to help kind of fund the game and pay people and microsoft for for letting them do that 
but also that a part of that does go to the, that charity, especially in a time when it's important for that charity to really kind of emphasize like this month is a good month for us to really kind of pay attention to that. And a lot of you have reached out on Twitter and said that it's a great idea. They love it. They do it in a heartbeat. Few people said that they would rather just have top flags and that it would be, uh, um, you know, it would be good for them to not go too overboard with that. And I see where they're coming from. I see that they, they, do, they don't want, you know, like $15 or $25 of cosmetics. And we have no clue what the pricing is right now. So I'm just throwing numbers out there. So if you get upset because you hear $25 for ship liveries, get upset at me because I'm the one saying it. Don't get upset at Rare. Uh, until we find out what's going on with that, it's going to be really just kind of up in the air. So, And that's something that I think we need to talk about too. I think that uh, I ran a poll last, or oh God, I can't even remember when I ran a Twitter poll, but a lot of people said that $5 was good. Uh, some people would be willing up, willing to spend up to 15 and it depends, I think. I, I think it depends on what we're getting for that. If we're getting a full ship liveries, you know, sales, hull, and figurehead, I would probably pay around $5 a piece for those three items, 15 total for the cosmetics, or even just 12.50 for the bundle. And I know those are kind of weird numbers, but that's just kind of how my my idea of value should work with that. You know, pets should be somewhere between, um, you know, a few dollars and five dollars, depending on how many pets there are um, uh, in different, different, you know, different things they can do or look. Uh, same thing with emotes. You know, what are the emotes? What do they look like? Uh, are they really interactive? Things like that. But just to kind of re reestablish like an idea that uh, with things like Overwatch doing cosmetics just for charities and with WoW doing disaster relief uh, um, uh, charities, this is a real good time for us to kind of um, use Sea uh, of Thieves as a way to help others outside of just serving the companies that, that build the games and the, the communities that, that actually support the game outside of it. Um, so if you like this, definitely, definitely let Rare know. Let Rare know that this is something that you you would love to see come to see a thieves and then give suggestions on what you think would be adequate pricing for how you feel about that too go on reddit go on their forums go on twitter go on instagram tell them i would love to see liveries that support different charities this is about how much i would be willing to spend for those cosmetics and thanks actually go out to Chalk Mujus, uh, who went out and she, she, I don't know when she did this, but she had already uh, mocked up some breast cancer awareness liveries as well. Uh, she has a 2D graphic that she does as kind of a, a planer, or not a planer, but a, uh, um, like a testing pad for when she goes to, to actually build her ships. And she's got a, a really kind of beautiful kind of black and pink uh, striped in, in colored uh, galleon liveries um on twitter that that i thought was really cool as well too mine was just full pink and a lot of people were like nah that's too bright and i'm like that's kind of the point <laughs> so i i'm looking forward to this i hope this is something that rares is something that they can actively work on and work out 
just how to do this with the charities to see if, if Microsoft is down to do it because ultimately we're talking about companies and the companies have to be able to work together to make this thing happen. And then artists have to get involved and designers and then engineers and coders and then marketing and all those all those different peoples, all those all the different folks that come into it have to actually put this all together to make it happen. And if they're able to do that, I would love for us as a community to show that this is indeed something we're willing to spend money on. Show them, say, hey, you know what? I appreciate the amount of effort and time and work it took to get these into existence. Yes, I am willing to support you in this. Yes, I will put down money, real hard earned cash beyond what this game cost so that I can help support this charity or this cause and then offer different suggestions on what you would like to see or who you'd like to see them try and work with to make sure can we get more uh, more more stuff for say like special effect uh, or some of the American companies that that are out for getting uh, able or differently abled players a chance to play Sea of Thieves you know and can we support that and stuff I would love to see that so let's make it happen let's let's make that a thing let's let's kind of promise to ourselves that if they do do charity stuff that we want to try and support that if you if you want to i'm not going to tell anyone that they have to because maybe that's just not in 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 the the future that's not in the books you know they just can't afford to they're they're taking care you're taking care of your family first and i understand that but if you could if you could actually give just a little bit to help out and get something in return. I would I would say that that's a that's a good way to do it. You know, a lot of people donate to to content creators. A lot of people, you know, subscribe on Twitch and and subscribe through Patreon and stuff like that. And you and, and that's great because that helps content creators do the stuff that you like them them to do. But if it came to down between me as a content creator or a charity for cosmetics. I would say take the money and give it to the charity because for one that's that's just a cool thing to do i it, it always feels good to do that so i would much rather that than anything else but anyway let's move on there's more to talk about Right, pirates i wanted to get back to the dev update video because i already digressed a little bit with my whole charity thing and i appreciate you guys listening to that too i really do but to move on with the weekly dev update video joe talked about cross play opt out grab your pitchforks grab your torches get ready it's time to stamp no we're not doing that we're going to just sit and wait like good human beings and wait for this to actually no basically what joe said was if you want crossplay opt out, please go into the insiders and test that stuff. And by test that stuff, I mean check out Arena in the insiders. Go play some games and do some hit registration tests. See if hit registration is something that is working. If it is, awesome, because uh, that's something that's coming to Arena. And then crossplay opt out is coming to Arena. Those two things. So crossplay opt out is going to be implemented for arena first which makes sense because a lot of people feel they're more competitive in arena than they are in adventure it's also a lot smaller of a test bed to make sure that that works for matchmaking uh, compared to adventure which has a larger pool of people i would argue so what they said is that crossplay opt-out isn't going to be a on or off uh, or, or uh, like a black or white situation so say for example 
you turn on crossplay opt out on Xbox and you jump into Arena, but it is three in the morning on the uh, uh, in the states, and there are very few people playing at this time. You're going to have a really hard time getting into an Arena match. So, what this system will do is it will decide to start looking for more players that are on PC uh, or Xbox and that mixed group. And then that way, you aren't sitting around forever waiting for a queue to pop. And this is something that I run into a lot with Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm has taken a lot of work and a lot of time to implement their quick match setup so that if it can't find the right roles that people have chosen to play as, you know, whether it's a tank or a support or a damage dealer, things like that, it will expand that search to try and match up the roles so that at least when you get into a game that the same roles are paired up. And it's not necessarily like a set kind of like, you know, one or two tanks, a couple damage dealers and a healer. It'll be, you know, three or four damage dealers, a support and one tank, you know, and it's not optimal, but at least you get to play. And that's kind of the point at the end of the day. You only have a few hours of gameplay a week or a day and you want to get in there and do something. Uh, sometimes you're not going to be able to play optimally, but at least you'll get to play. And that always kind of helps make you feel better about your choice when you sit down to play instead of being frustrated that you can't actually uh, get a game going. So it's going to be a preference. I like that. I like the idea that it will make sure that people have an opportunity to fight other people if they want to. And it's actually going to let you know when that happens too. They're not just going to sneak it in and then you'll lose and wonder, Okay, well, was I playing against PC players or was I not? Because it didn't tell me. But in this case, they're actually going to let you know, hey, by the way, there's no one playing on Xbox opt-out. We're going to mix it up so that you can at least get some games in. On top of that, we're actually getting hit registration kind of reworks into Insiders. And then those are going to be rolled out with Arena and Adventure, uh, depending on how well those go. So they seem fairly confident that the hit registration is is fixed. They said that their tests are doing well, but they want to open it up to the Insiders to make sure that there's a larger player base testing this stuff out. So that's coming soon. And if all works out, great, because there's definitely been times where I know a lot of people have been frustrated that they look like they've hit a pirate but it hasn't actually registered the hit and then they end up killing you your ship sinks and you end up and the ferry frustrated because you should have killed them but the servers didn't agree and I'm happy to see that they're working on getting that that a good fix in that sounds like it's going to to be very very beneficial to uh to the game Alright Pirates, next up on today's docket, let's talk about Twitch Rivals. Twitch Rivals came and went this last week. If you missed it and you didn't get your liveries, it's been about 72 hours at least since that. I would definitely reach out to support and for Sea of Thieves and uh, see if they uh, if they can see if they can get you those liveries if you if you for sure watched at least 30 minutes each day because that should be in the game by now I'm pretty sure I got them right away so I wasn't too worried about it but the obsidian livery set 
was a reward for watching Twitch Rivals and sitting in the groups of people, uh, the Discord, as well as a couple of Twitter chats. A lot of people were really excited to see this. A lot of people really loved the Twitch Rivals, seeing all the different streamers come together, not necessarily with their optimum crews, but at least a lot of them coming and uh, spending some time, about six hours, uh, playing in Sea of Thieves Arena mode. It was amazing. There were a lot of hard-fought victories as well as some good steals. And congrats to Team Shumba, who is uh, Shumba, Dode, and uh, Mage Wrench, uh, Wrench, and Foxeye. And they managed to pull off the win. A lot of it depended on different factors. It wasn't just who won Arena all the time. A lot of it came down to not losing your ship, not having your captain killed, different, uh, different turn-ins or different ways of stealing things. A lot of different uh, ways for them to earn money to, to come out on top. So congrats to Team Shumba. And the, the thing that I wanted to touch on with this is that Twitch Rivals showed that when you have uh, really good pirates getting into the mix, getting into arena and actually working hard on making it five, uh, five ships, five crews against each other in Sea of Thieves, you're going to see some pretty high caliber action. The thing you didn't get with the Twitch Rivals was high caliber casting. Unfortunately, Twitch Rivals, they had three folks who were the hosts of Twitch Rivals. And much one of the few things I've taken away from watching different esports is that you typically have hosts and then you have shoutcasters. And that's definitely what was needed here because the hosts had to play double duty. They had to promote stuff that was going on with the with the Twitch Rivals stuff as far as the drops, uh, loot, things like that. And then they had to actually cast the show and comment and if you're not familiar with Sea of Thieves, like it didn't feel like they really had a whole lot of commentary or at least experience playing in arena or playing in adventure mode. It was tough to listen to them kind of misread different things or what was going on in the game. And it really pointed out that if you're going to be doing uh, arena in any kind of esports capacity, it would really benefit to have casters who know the game well, who know the players well, who can talk about some of the different strats that are being used in the game and in the game one of the things that i would say is it definitely showcased some of the uh bugs that are being used or maybe even exploits especially with the ladder immunity that's going on right now there's a bug in the game where uh if you if you hang on to the ladder or if you grab the ladder you're immune to damage and if unless you get knocked off it's going to be really hard for someone to kill you and instead of just being able to snipe them or blunder them off of the actual ladder uh lots of things like that were showcased uh, with the twitch rivals as people were trying to take advantage of those to try and get aboard ships to drop anchors and then start killing pirates to slow down other teams so if this goes forward if this is something that continues on i would love to see uh, rare reach out to some of us in the community who are are very passionate about the game who are comfortable talking in front of uh, of, of microphones with other people and to make sure that they that they know some of the people that are going into these uh into these esports tournaments and be able to say like okay well this is a really great example of why you can come around have different players dig up chests take them to another location hide out try and make sure that you're you're getting other treasure chests from other players who might be on the island as well while your crew circles around the island so you aren't left uh, waiting once you get an opportunity to really see 
stuff like that would probably do really really well for arena and showcase just how much fun it is if uh if you get a crew together um and and actually have some fun in the game but shout casting is hard it's a lot of talking it's a lot of uh of, of passing off between different players and not talking over each other and having those awkward pauses so i would love to see where that goes in the future this was a really fun showcase to watch and i can't wait to see what rare decides to do next to try and show off just how much fun this game is when you get some real real competitive uh, people together to fight over uh, you know who's better or money win or uh, you know any kind of cosmetics things like that things that they might be getting like i don't know a gold-plated xbox <laughs> pirates next up on today's docket let's talk about gold because it's not gold it's the glory right or so you think compared to uh, what rare has said in the game versus what uh, what seems to be the people of the community talking now what I'm talking about is there's a lot of gold in the game and in fact a lot of people have said that they have so much gold that they don't have anything to spend it on and that's what they want to do and they've already purchased everything in the game so i put up a quick twitter poll just to kind of find out over the last couple days just how many people are uh are, are over the million mark as well as all the people that have like say over 10 million gold so 57 percent of the thousand plus of votes that i got were below 1 million gold so they have a fair amount of gold but i would say a majority of them are hovering somewhere between 200 to 700 thousand gold and that sounds about right if you've purchased a lot of the cosmetics in the game and you have a moderate amount of time to play that being said a lot of people have said that they have somewhere between 5 and 15 thousand gold or 15 million gold and all the cosmetics and 900 plus doubloons and it's really interesting because in my mind I've purchased a few levels here and there for some of the different trade companies as well as purchased all of the cosmetics that have been limited time and done all of the events that I was able to get doubloons for except for the skeleton ones where I didn't have internet for 11 days. And I'm probably sitting around 300,000 gold, uh, but I, I tend to buy as much as I can. I don't have everything. And when I do go sailing, I usually go sailing for fun, not for gold. So the folks that have over millions and millions of gold i i don't i don't know what they can really do with that gold there's nothing that you can really do with them and this was something that i wanted to bring up because in the game you unless you get sunk by another crew or you're inexperienced to the point where you have a tough time coping with um with uh, what am I trying to say? Megalodons with krakens, things like that, skeleton ships. You know, a, a kraken can go pretty bad pretty quickly uh, sometimes, and you, you can lose a lot. But the thing that I wanted to, to bring up was what outside of that there's really just a lot of winning going on you know you, you get a bunch of stuff you find it you bring it on board you turn it in often and you don't really lose out on gold you don't really lose anything when it comes to gold if you've at least turned it in uh, outside of voyages in fact I think voyages are the only thing outside of cosmetics that you can buy that yeah that cost anything 
in gold. Everything's cosmetics or voyages. So I wanted to bring it up to you guys. What are some of the thoughts that you could have to to kind of deal with a, a game that gives you only a certain amount of cosmetics and once you have all those cosmetics, you don't really have anything else to spend it on. Uh, the way that Rare's kind of dealing with this is by kind of converting you from, from gold to doubloons. A lot of the events that we're getting cost doubloons and a lot of the uh, a lot of the events reward doubloons and they give more doubloons than they than they take but that's also giving people an opportunity to make sure that if something messes up that you don't end up with negative doubloons and unable to complete something so with this it feels like gold is oversaturating the game and we're seeing that even to be more of a problem with updates like the one we just got where you're finding a lot of mermaid gems out in the wild you're able to turn in gunpowder barrels to everyone you're able to find uh, mega kegs uh, anywhere and while we don't know how much of that is going to persist after this update it is definitely clear that rare is okay with giving a lot of gold out and with only cosmetics to buy I think it's time that we start to look at cash dumps or gold dumps, uh, things that convert supplies from gold. And my suggestion definitely calls back to buying crates of wood, crates of cannonballs, and crates of food, full crates from the different vendors that you can so that you can spend, you know, 3,000 gold on a full crate of cannonballs, 3,000 gold on a full crate of fruit, uh, you know, say like coconuts or pomegranates. And what that does is it gives people with a lot of gold an opportunity to say, okay, I want to jump into the game, but I don't want to have to spend a lot of time farming for it. What can I do to do to, to kind of supplement that? Well, I can go and buy a bunch of crates and then I'm stocked for a reasonable amount of coin. The other thing that I wanted to bring up deals with voyages. Currently at level 50, I only have to spend 250 gold to buy a voyage, which to me isn't that big a deal. I can find just about anything on an island and have enough to cover that without actually doing the voyage. In fact, I could probably fish up something that's worth more than that fairly quickly and never actually have to do the voyage. So my suggestion is to try and up the ante in the, the whole voyage world. You know, having those cost more would help kind of buffer people that are constantly buying voyages and completing them uh, so that it, it's it's more of a choice that you actually have to spend a little time working on that voyage and not just go and find a good good shipwreck and uh, turn in the gold from that and it doesn't matter what the voyage was the voyage was just to, to cycle through things or to get miles for and doing that might bring a little more worth or value to voyages and it wouldn't be hurting the ability for players to uh to, to have to pay more for cosmetics that are currently priced at what they are it would allow the price for uh, equipment for for weapons for liveries that to all stay the same even though those have already been lowered as of uh, last year those were lowered so that it was uh, uh, less costly to to buy liveries and i think that was something that was was tough um when when you're first getting started you know trying to buy your first pair of liveries for uh you know 450,000 gold that was a lot and a lot of people worked it out so that they could actually buy one piece while their buddy bought another piece and it, and it was kind of nice now it feels more like you go into the game 
and once uh, once cosmetics are available, you buy them all and you're done. You don't really have to work too hard to get up uh, a bunch of gold so that you can buy them as long as the event's available. So I would love to see crates available so we can start feeding some of that gold economy into the game and get supplies that will disappear after uh, after you leave. And that would help kind of supplement the, the millions of gold that people are sitting on that don't necessarily uh, uh, need that, but would like to at least get started with the game quicker uh, without having to actually go and um, farm up all those resources. What do you think? All right, Pirates, so there are a few things that I did want to kind of bring up just to kind of round off this episode, and I had some interesting thoughts. So the first thing that I wanted to touch on uh, was dealing with uh, an image that we found in some of the discords revealing uh, a mixer streamer who somehow, and I don't know the specifics of this because I haven't I haven't dug too deep into it, but they were able to find uh, or, or get somehow the full uh, capstan cannons and wheel for the obsidian cosmetics now, this is something that i threw into our sea of thieves spoilers uh, discord channel so that people could take a look at it uh, i don't know where the image came from and i don't necessarily know how they got them but it is apparent now that the obsidian set is going to be set up so that you can get the cannons the the, the wheels and the helm uh, or excuse me not the not the wheel helm uh, capstan and wheel at some point we don't know how but much like all the other pieces of the obsidian set i would imagine that these are something that are only going to be made available outside of the game and not actually something that you buy in game with gamescom coming up soon uh, with new york comic-con coming up soon with different events i would definitely take a look at those plus twitchcon to see if uh, maybe this is how they're going to be revealing and giving out these codes for the obsidian set now in the past uh these codes have been made available through buying objects or, or merchandise from sea of thieves storefront uh whether you buy a t-shirt stickers a mug a jacket whatever it is they always offered a, a reward or a code for purchasing during that weekend when they would make it available i've gotten a lot of my figureheads uh, for game celebrations through that means the Sea of Thieves store is still currently down. Now, we don't know if this is going to be coming back soon. We don't know if they're going to be adding new things or if they're changing vendors. But with these cosmetics being made available, either through the weekly stream or through Comic-Con, or not Comic-Cons, but through cons uh, or game shows, things like that, it definitely raises some questions about how I'm going to be able to secure these in in a in an easy fa easy enough fashion. Whether it's me just giving them money for something and getting it as a reward, or me tuning into a a, a stream so that I can earn a mix pot or a, a Twitch drops, things like that. Uh, but regardless. I'm kind of looking forward to getting these so that I can have the full set. And I actually really like the way they look. In fact, I decided to put on my Obsidian gear, my Black Dog C or my Black Dog set, and uh, uh, my Onyx stuff. And um, I kind of wish they would go back 
into the game and actually rename all of this just the obsidian set uh so that it's it's apparent you know like what you're wearing is part of that set and it should just be unanimous across the board what these are all called so that people know like i mean yeah it's onyx but is it obsidian yes they're both black and green and silver um some of the other things if you purchase the loot crate gaming bundle the banff if you purchase that for july that should have already shipped but it won't because loot crate gaming has delayed it and in fact multiple people have reported that their orders are not due out until the end of august I don't know the circumstances of this, and I did get an email, so I'm going to read the email. Dear Looter, we are sorry to report the ship date for your July Banff Loot Gaming Crate has been delayed. Your new estimated ship date is late August. You can also log in and check the status of your order here. If you have any questions or concerns, please reach out to our customer support team at loot.cr help for assistance. Thank you for your patience. Team Loot Crate. Now... I was looking forward to this loot crate just for the Sea of Thieves bookends because it's a Kraken attacking a skeleton ship or a galleon of some nature. And I just wanted it just to have. It's not a need. It was something that I would love to just kind of put up on a shelf to hold some of my Sea of Thieves books. And it's being delayed. Now, I can wait. That's easy. I, I can do something in the meantime. I'll forget about it until the end of August. And when it shows up, I'll be excited. But this is kind of a bad thing to have if you if you're loot crate gaming because most of the time I actually don't know if I cancel my service in mid-August before I get uh, charged if I'm going to retain the 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 July great or a, a, a gaming crate and I I don't know right now I actually need to reach out to them on Monday to find out like hey if I decide to cancel this because I'm unhappy with your guys's inability to deliver product on time then I want to make sure that at least I'm due for what I was paid because that was a transaction and that it doesn't just doesn't just get lost in the nether so if you if you did order one you've probably gotten the email and I can't say anything except I'm sorry that I suggested that that you get this if if it wasn't something that you necessarily needed or something that you wanted to have right away uh, that being said I'm looking forward to when it does come out but I would have liked a much better explanation as to what was going on when it did uh, get delayed and why it took them until literally the day that it should have shipped out for them to tell me that it was being delayed so i had an opportunity to decide if i wanted to cancel it or not because i was unhappy with their service and i didn't want to support that and that's how you should you should always decide how you spend your money when you're buying something from a customer from a from a company if they're not meeting your needs you should know in advance so that you can make a better informed decision on how you want to spend that money so if you're not happy with this reach out to them get your refund find find the the book and some other way where you aren't feeling like you're you're being mistreated by loot crate gaming all right, Pyro.
right, uh, last thing that I wanted to kind of touch on is a first mate's log from Shaggy Dog, which I'll get to in a second. But a thought that I had the other day that made me sit back and kind of think about Sea of Thieves as, as a game and, and a genre of a game, because right now it's an open shared world experience for that. And I started to realize that Sea of Thieves kind of has some roguelike elements to it that, uh, that and, and bear in mind, I don't like roguelikes that much. I hate the idea of, of losing progress in a game when I've worked hard to do that and having to start over from scratch with certain things powered up. But uh, I've been playing The Messenger and I've had a lot of fun with that. It's been a really good game. And that's kind of a, a game where it's not necessarily a roguelike, but I die a lot and uh, power-ups help get me through that. But I was thinking about Sea of Thieves and how every play, se play session is fresh. Uh, you start out with no supplies, or at least the set supplies that you have. There's no power creep in there, so you don't necessarily get more powerful, but the more you're going, the more you have, the more you have to risk to lose unless you turn it in. And uh, it was interesting to, to think about how each session is designed so that it, it's going to be different each time you jump in and play it. You're going to have different encounters uh, from the same types of enemies, but depending on how your session's been, you may be well-equipped or ill-equipped to deal with those threats as well as other players. Uh, you can always decide what you want to do in the game, so you don't necessarily have to go down the same path as you did last session. It's, it's an interesting thing. This is such a unique game, and I just wanted to throw out some of the thoughts that I had the last couple months of, you know, is it is it a roguelike? No, not really, because there's no, no permanent death, and you're not really increasing uh, anything as far as your power levels go. You're just increasing your, your reputations. But it is in the sense that everything's always fresh and different each time you play through it. Uh, so I just wanted to put that out there, see if anyone else had that thought. The other thing I wanted to get to, obviously, the first mate's log. We're running close to an hour, so I wanted to keep it short. I wanted to keep it within this hour. So Shaggy Dog is going to round us, run round us out for the evening. And he wrote in, he said, Ahoy, Captain. Here's my first mate's log. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did living it. Keep up the good work, Shaggy Dog. We started this first mate's log on Plunder Valley to do a tall tale. My next one, Art of the Trickster. Just on a sloop with my wife, the Henny Benny, after listening to Salty, we set off in search for rum bottles. After a little while and a few aha moments, we found and dug up what we needed, then to find the trap maker's key. Eventually, we figured out whereabouts on plunder to dig. Henry, with her shovel, started digging, only for us to hear explosions going off somewhere on the island. We both said, is someone shooting our ship? Then, to my surprise, I saw the explosions getting nearer. Quickly, grab it and run, I said. Henry, who's, who hasn't got a clue what's going on, just grabs the barrel key and runs down the valley towards me. She's only just made it out of reach of the explosions. Talk about giving me a heart attack. That was close, Henry said. As we walked back to our ship, we looked at the book for the next chapter, Sailor's Bounty. We set sail.
Upon arriving at Sailor's Bounty, the fog rolled in, setting the tone for this part of Tall Tale. We proceeded to head into the cave where the clue was telling us to go. We walked down the paths and the spikes swinging and popping out of everywhere. Oh dear, we better be careful now. Don't want this thing blowing up. We carefully made our way through the booby traps to the little arena at the end. I placed the barrel key onto the podium and then all of a sudden, skeletons coming out of the ground everywhere wave after wave we held them back until there was just too many we were overrun and running out of food to heal then when i spotted the switches on the wall hang on what do these do bang spikes rose from the ground and swung from the ceiling wave over we continued to use the traps to our advantage until we got to the boss as the captain pirate rose from the ground i pulled the lever and the captain was gone before it could wield its sword well, that was easy, Henry said. We grabbed the totem and headed out of the cave, avoiding the traps as we went, checking the book for our next part of the adventure, Crescent Isle. As we arrived at the island, we saw another ship approaching us, a brig. Prepare for war. Whilst loading a cannon, I'm not losing this totem to these pirates after all that. Luckily, as they got closer, the game chat popped up with, Want to join an alliance? I said, Aye and raised the flag. They were doing an Order of Souls uh, quest, and we helped them a little bit to show we mean no harm to them, then carried on with our tall tale. We found the moon door in the cave and went inside, lit the four torches, and the vault opened. There it was, the Shroud Breaker Stone. I grabbed it, only for the door to slam shut. Then more skeletons popped up. We quickly killed them and grabbed the stone. We headed back to our ship and set sail for Plunder Valley. We arrived and delivered the stone to Salty with ease. Tall tale complete. On our travels, we found a couple pieces of loot, so we decided to turn them in and at Plunder Outpost before we ended the night. On our way from Plunder Valley, another sloop came sailing by. We're friendly. It came up on the screen, followed by a cannonball. Yeah, right. We decided to get quickly get to the outpost and jump off with the best loot we had. I grabbed the powder keg from the counter crow's nest. Henry jumped off to the outpost to cash in whilst I swum, swum out uh, around the island. Then I thought I heard the sound of a harpoon attached to our ship. No matter, I thought. I'll let them reel me in. I jumped off my ship and dived underwater with a powder keg. Then, boom. I got him. That's when I turned to my wife and said, shall we go to bed now? What an adventure and what a game. Shaggy, thank you so much for that story. I'm so glad that you got a chance to have some fun with the art of the trickster. It is definitely one of the coolest ones that I've done, and I can't wait to do more of them. Uh, I still need to finish most of my tall tales because I've really been enjoying taking my time with them. And with black powder stashes, I've put that on hold. And then, of course, with the Easter egg, I spent a lot of time searching for that. So I can't wait to hear more of your stories. Pirates, if you have stories like Shaggy Dog and his wife, Henny Benny, feel free to send them in to me. There's so many ways you can reach out to me. You can always reach me through game uh, or through the Xbox on my gamer tag. It's C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N, just Captain Logan, no spaces. You can always reach me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. If you can, if you want to send me a full story like uh, Shaggy Dog Dig, you can always send me an email at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. That's the, that's the email address for the show. 
please feel free to do so. I love reading these, especially when I get to do them raw, when I haven't had a chance to read over it a couple times, because this is as exciting for me as it is for you listening uh, when I get a chance to read these. Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed yourself. And as always, I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. <laughs>